All right, guys, welcome to the debrief. David, we are doing this a few days after the recording just because we couldn't fit it in that jam-packed date. But some of those ideas are fresh in my mind. What were some of your takeaways? Yeah, my, my awesome takeaway is that Hester Peirce loves bankless. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, SEC commissioner knows the DeFi mullet and is using that in her speech to help communicate what is DeFi to the rest of the world. Um, and so... I think that's pretty cool. Um, one thing we're trying to do at Bankless is to make really complex tasks easy to understand with fun metaphors. Uh, and one of those fun metaphors got all the way to the SEC. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And actually, uh, since this is kind of behind the scenes audience thing. So for those of you who don't know, there's actually someone listening into that recording the entire time from Hester Purse's office, somebody from the office of the SEC. Um, just, I think to, just to make sure that nothing was said that would be misrepresentative of the SEC, SEC's, um, I, you know, stated purpose or any mm -hmm. of its objectives, and that sort of thing. Anyway, this guy got on prior to our recording with Hester and also said, Hey, I'm a big fan of bankless. We all listen to it at the SEC office. So <laughs> what do you think about that, David? I'm actually, um, when I, when I told my wife this, she was like, uh, should you be concerned about that? <laughs> I was like, no, these are the regulators who actually get it. And I, I do think that um, about Hester Peirce. Uh, mm -hmm. She is someone, by the, by, by the end of the conversation, she said, call, us, call, call her Hester, so we will call her mm -hmm. Hester. Um, she's someone that is is one of the good regulators because she's not thinking about how to stifle this industry or all of the things that, that could go wrong. She's thinking about free markets and all of the things that could go right if this industry is successful. And she comes at it from that vantage point and she plugs in like no one really I've seen from a, a regulatory perspective to actually understand this. Like Bankless is still somewhat of a niche crypto podcast. You know, we're breaking into mainstream, but we're still somewhat niche in the crypto sphere. And she's actually spending time to dig in to subjects of DeFi, to listen to our podcast, to figure out this industry. I think that that actually speaks very highly of um, of her as a as a person and as a regulator. And we need more like that. If we're actually going to get good regulation or maybe even hands-off regulation come out of Washington, we need more people understanding what DeFi is and understanding these bankless values. So just a cool conversation. I, I think she's doing great work um, for crypto in this space. I know some people who listen to this, David, what's your reaction to some people who listen to this conversation are like, oh, why do you have a regulator on bankless? Like, I thought this was about no regulation. I thought this was about like, you know, state, the bankless nation, this is about no state intervention. Mm -hmm. What's, what's your, right. what's your, um, what would you say to what's, what's, Yeah, that? right. There is no escaping from meat space politics. Like you can't get away from that. Like you are a human meat sack that exists in <laughs> the, the real world somewhere. And therefore you are part of the nation state system. Like there's no getting away from that. Uh, and while the while the digital world is separate from that, and the digital world is free from regulation because an anonymous person can deploy anything to Ethereum, regardless of, and it's so trivially easy to do that, regardless of nation state laws. And it's easy to hide your trail. You can go through Tor. You can make sure privacy, blah blah. You can do whatever you want in the digital world. In the real world, you can go to jail. 
uh, you can be locked up. They had there's there's no going getting away from the monopoly on power that nation states have, and so inevitably there is an intersection where we while we are trying to build this digital world, we live in the physical world, uh, and so at some point, like and, and nation states need to contend with this ability for people to exit into this digital world, and that's going to force their hand in a lot of different ways that, uh, in my opinion, will be good. And that's, that's interesting. That's something to consider. However, there is never, ever getting away from the fact that like Ethereum will never employ a police force. It will never employ a military. And these are things that will not be removed from the physical world. And so we have to play the game of, well, because there are physical world politics, we have to play that game if we want to get what we want. Um, it's the, yesterday was the 40 or the 70, some, some anniversary of the, uh, the law that said that um, human, the, the American citizens need to hand over their gold to the government. And the, uh, the, the FDR, this was an FDR law in the, in the 30s, part of the, part of the answer to the Great Depression. Um, and the, the, the law was that if you, if you owned gold, you had to give it to the government and they would give you back fiat. Uh, and this, this just is is part of the world that we live in is that the, that that controls that that old world money um and this new world money is going to run into similar um similar episodes i think there is there is going to be coming a strife between nation state desires and individual desires and that strife that friction is going to be met in the world of politics and so we need to fight that battle in the world of politics we can't escape it yeah we are fighting for hearts and minds not just among those that are kind of retail investors on the bankless journey personally, but we're fighting for our hearts and minds in our government. We want mm -hmm. to convert everyone. We, there are wins for the nation state in this crypto economic digital world. We want to emphasize what those wins are. And hopefully mm -hmm. they, they, they back off right where, where they need to, um, but also embrace the technology right. where it makes sense. Uh, and that, that's why I loved where we started this conversation, because we actually started with a conversation around values with, mm -hmm. with, with Hester Peirce and um, the values of a Western liberal democracy. What should those be? You know, freedom of speech, mm -hmm. the, you know, um, the ability to have uh, free and fair and efficient capital markets. These are stated values of the SEC, and these exist in crypto. And so to the extent they exist in crypto, um, they are part of the government's value systems as, as well, values embodied in our constitution, values that were set up in, in the founding of the SEC, and they should be embraced by regulators. And we wanna draw out those links between the values between these communities. So uh, I think we did a little bit of more of that in this mm -hmm. podcast too. It's just, you can't just stick your head in the sand and pretend that the nation state no longer applies and doesn't exist. Right. Like I want us actively recruiting hearts and minds in mm -hmm. government as as well. I think that's an important extension of what we're trying to do in crypto. Yeah, a Andrew Yang has this metaphor about the coming um, uh, autom automation revolution. And he says, well, automation is coming no matter what. Either we can have that revolution happen to us or we can undergo that revolution. And I can, we'll use that same metaphor for the world of crypto. The world of crypto is coming. This digital finance revolution is coming. And the, and the United States nation state can either have that revolution happen to it or it can undergo that revolution with it and accept it. And I'm reminded of our podcast with uh, uh, Bruno 
uh, Bruno McKay's, where he we talked about the different dispositions of the West, the East, and, and also Europe, um, and how they will undergo this revolution or have it happen to them. And he talked about how Europe is much more into the concept of autom using public infrastructure, using science, math, and code to automate some of the roles and responsibilities of the nation state. And that's to me, uh, how undergoing the revolution with the revolution. And I think that's something that I think Hester sees as a possibility for the future of the American nation state. Like how can we actually step into this world rather than just uh, locking it, locking our world down uh, against it, right? How can we be progressive with new, these new infrastructures, with this new technology, rather than just being like, "Well, we're going to plant our flag and make sure this doesn't change." Yeah, absolutely, and that 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 is the perspective I wish, frankly, more regulators took. Um, mm -hmm. It's important to also remember that Hester is just one SEC commissioner, so she doesn't represent the opinions of all the SEC commissioners, nor the, mm -hmm. the SEC. And so there's lots of divided uh, ideas and, and thoughts on how to approach crypto. But uh, what is interesting is Gary Gensler is coming aboard, who is this new SEC commissioner. Jay Clayton, I feel like, you know, he he sort of took an approach to crypto like our old laws work. This new system is nothing that we haven't mm -hmm. dealt with before. Right. And I'm going to kind of ignore it unless it surfaces to a level I can't ignore it anymore, right? Um, you, I remember the statement. I think he made the statement in 2017, 2018. Um, every token he's seen has, mm, has been a security, security, basically. Right. Um, and when in fact, that that's actually not the case because Bitcoin existed, ETH existed, and the SEC will even say these are not uh, mm -hmm. tokens that are securities. It was just a not a very neat nuanced take and a detailed right. take. I think that Gary Gensler will have perspectives on this. Like mm -hmm. he is, uh, he's taught, he's taught blockchain at MIT, right? He, um, he knows the crypto industry. Um, but the big question in my mind is not that whether he's going to have like a take on this, but what his take will be. And right. Hester seemed to indicate in that conversation that they didn't necessarily see eye to eye on everything with respect to approaching this industry. Um, but she said one thing that she thinks Gary Gensler will bring is clarity, right? Mm -hmm. Now, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always wondering in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, uh, I think we might get the answers from the SEC that we've wanted for so long, but there's no certainty that they're going to be answers that we like yeah. with respect to DeFi, with respect to tokens. I think we do get, so here's, here's a prediction. I think we do get Bitcoin ETF. I think Gary Gensler like brings that across the finish line. There's just too much building pressure. That's kind of the olive branch to the crypto industry mm -hmm. here. You can have this thing. Mm -hmm. They should have done it anyway. <laughs> it's kind of what right. Hester said, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure that we get all the answers that we like on the clarity side with respect to uh, tokens and with respect right. to DeFi. What's your take? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Gary Gensler is more in the camp of let's undergo this revolution rather than have it happen to us, but also with the understanding that he thinks that he could probably steer that revolution in ways that perhaps is not completely aligned with what uh, what people in, in the bankless world might want. Um, to me, to me, you you hit the nail on the head. Where the question is, what can we compliantly do with tokens? Uh, how how can we how can we mint a token and get that into the hands of the many people without that 
causing securities issues because that is a very powerful tool. And I want that tool to be democratized and available for everyone. Like the worst case scenario is like labeling like NFTs or a security. That would be, that would be terrible. I don't think he's going to do that. But I also don't think he's just going to let us freely mint tokens and put them into people's hands without some sort of like registration or filing or something. Well, this is the thing. It's just not practical to go to the SEC with every new token idea that you have and then mm -hmm. and, and try to say, okay, here, I'm going to explain this to you. Is this okay or not? Right? Like that, that's just not a process that works. The SEC is not staffed to do that. They don't have the capability to do that. They can't vet every experiment mm -hmm. before it gets put out into the real world. They don't even know the ramifications of these. Like crypto, for goodness sake, like we're figuring it out as we go, mm -hmm. right? We don't even know like what, what's going to happen with some of these systems. So I really hope that the clarity that comes from the SEC does not come in the form of, and you have to ask our permission for right. before you do X, Y, Z, or else right. we'll just be in the state that we're in right now, which is um, certain things are getting driven outside of the US right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're many getting ready- things. Many things. We're getting ready to talk to the, the folks from DYDX. This is somewhat unrelated, but also somewhat related. And um, the, co the country that they have to continue blocking is the United States from using their derivative protocol. Mm -hmm. There aren't mm -hmm. no other countries on that list. Like, so um, <laughs> there's something, there's, something has gone wrong in the way the US is currently uh, regulating this. And I'm not sure that you know, I'm not sure that they appreciate the level of experimentation that's that's going to be required to make this uh, a thriving industry in the U.S. and, and to make, make it successful. So I guess we'll have to see. I'm optimistic in some ways, but pessimistic still in others. Right. The DYDX, they have to restrict U.S. people, not because of the SEC, but of the CFTC. I, I think that's true. But it, yes. the, point st the point still stands. It's that's there are similar restrictions on token issuances exactly. that still still push people outside of the U.S. Yeah, exactly. So we'll have to see how that uh, how that resolves. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, what else you want to talk about with this episode, David? Uh, Hester is awesome, and I think the her attitude of we we don't want to be the people that have to give out permission uh, is the right one. That's the right perspective. And and my my question to her about like. How do you expect the SEC to keep up? Uh, and her answer was, uh, we don't expect to keep up. We just want to make clear, have very clear guidance that allows to, what, what was it? Guidance based on principles rather than on technology. Uh, I think that's the right attitude. And if that's what comes out of the SEC, I think I'll be very happy. Yeah. She also said definitely DeFi is going to be a test. And she also, you know, said that, and, you know, the SEC is not even necessarily the regulator whom DeFi is going to have the most impact on. So mm -hmm. um, there are all of these other government agencies that are going to get in the in the mix when we start talking about like peer-to-peer -peer banking, which is what mm -hmm. we're which is what we're up to in DeFi. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's going to be a long process of these uh, regulators wrapping their head around it. But I guess the thing that maybe gives me the most optimism is if if the people want this technology and if it is genuinely doing good for the world, right. And, and good for the U S economy and it is um, more efficient, right. Mm -hmm. Then 
regulators and governments are going to have to adopt this. It's like, it's mm -hmm. back to what we've talked about before in conversation with Ben Hunt, right? Is the reason governments adopted the internet is because it was so damn useful. Like you had to adopt the internet or you get left behind the rest mm -hmm. of the world. The US can't be in a position where it has a traditional decaying analog banking system mm -hmm. while the rest of the world moves to this new DeFi thing, right? Nice. So if the utility is there, I think it will force regulators' hand to just be like, okay, there's something here that is beneficial. Let's figure out how we work with it rather mm -hmm. than pushing against it and driving the innovation outside. And we didn't see that in 2017, quite frankly, David, because there wasn't a lot of value in 2017, man. Like it was just- There wasn't even USDC. Right. So, uh, but this time it's different. 2021, mm -hmm. like the the- the value proposition of Uniswap, something like Uniswap, even just stable coins is undeniable, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like this is a more efficient way to do exchanges, something that's never been created before. So I do think it'll be, that, that's the only piece that makes me optimistic is like, we're actually building a better banking system and right. regulators and governments, world governments will have to see what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And I think they'll be forced into this position where they'll have to choose to cooperate and not squelch this industry. But there might be some, I guess, you know, bumps in the road <laughs> while we get there. It, we start, you started off this conversation with Hester with this, with this point is that like DeFi and Ethereum and the permissionless open financial system is naturally exporting American values. And all that needs to happen is all the, all the three-letter agencies, the three-letter regulatory agencies need to realize that. In stark contrast to what's going on in DeFi, which is largely dollar-denominated, unless you're an ETH maxi and then it's ETH-denominated, ETH, uh, ETH uh, China just released their digital, their digital currency to like some new people, some like new billion people. And so like that is, they have, the reason why China has to do a central bank digital currency is because they don't want their people to use DeFi because it's outside of their realm of control and it's all dollar denominated. And so China has to make its own competitive version of Ethereum so its own people can access some of these permissionless banking tools that are actually permissioned, but like still give the same benefits that like Ethereum's DeFi does for the Chinese central bank digital currency. Yet America, all America has to do is let DeFi grow and it's naturally exporting American values. We just need regulators to understand this and to uh, encourage them to harness that rather than stifle that. Well, it's almost like, although I will say like, there's a, there could be a difference between American purported values, right? And then what mm. those in government actually believe. And this sure. is almost an acid test of that, right? Mm. Like, mm -hmm. oh, like, do you believe what's written in the constitution? Do you believe right. in these basic mm -hmm. human freedoms that you say you believe in? Okay, then why are you stopping me from opening here? an Ethereum account, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like why are you regulate? Why do you have accredited investor uh, mm -hmm. laws that that make it so only the the wealthy can have access right. to these tools, right? So, um, I think that they'll have to grapple in in the least with the hypocrisy of those things, right? Sure. And mm -hmm. it'll be an acid test. We'll see. I mean, are these really American values or not? I maybe DeFi and crypto will will test uh, whether they are, or whether it's more important for governments to kind of cling to vestiges of of power. Um, we'll see. Anyway, it's a conversation that unlocks 
all of these issues. We'll be talking about them more on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Brian Brooks is someone I'd love to get on the podcast. He is no longer head of the OCC, but um, he'd be great. I think his perspective would be super interesting, even like Mm -hmm. post taking that role. Um, And he had a regulator self-driving bank meme. And yeah, he did. (laughs) And we want him on bankless. (laughs) Absolutely. Any other regulators you want on? Um, Not a regulator, but Andrew Yang. Andrew Andrew Yang's in government. Mm-hmm. Some people from Congress would be good. You know, mm-hmm. um, we'll see how far we get this year with all that. But guys, this has been another debrief. Thanks for listening to our episode with Commissioner Hester Purse.